Hello and welcome back to Journey Life Together, a self-improvement podcast. For those of you who are new to us, this is a channel where we share knowledge and life skills to enable you to navigate through the challenges you may face in different seasons of life. Once again, I'm your host Roland, a clinical counsellor, marriage and family therapist and also a relationship coach. Allow me to be your guide to journey life together. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast, feel free to check out our trailer. For now, we are on to Season 2 of our podcast. In this season, we will focus on guiding you to build up your sense of self. And this week, I will share on self-control and why it is more than being in control. If you are ready, let us count down together on 5, 4, Three, two, and one. Let's take a deep breath in from your nose and exhale from your mouth. Let's begin this journey. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Journey Life Together. In trying to piece together the most important aspects of ourself that we all universally need to build up the sense of self to be fully mature and ready as we enter into adulthood, I have carefully selected topics such as self-esteem, self-care, self-worth, self-efficacy and self-image. Feel free to head back to check out these episodes, but with only two more episodes left in season two, I'm very selective of which aspect of self to talk about. And after much consideration, I've picked an underrated topic and also perhaps a less spoken of topic on self-control. Now let's unravel what exactly is self-control. Perhaps a general impression of self-control conveys the notion that we have to be in control. We have to resist temptation, we have to learn not to act on our urges, we have to tame our impulses and emotions, we have to be disciplined so we do not react based on how we feel in a given moment. Now a light-hearted and simple example to illustrate what self-control is will be the famous marshmallow test. This is a classic experiment where preschool children are led into a room with a marshmallow or some kind of treat that's placed on the table. Then the children will be told that they can either eat the treat right away or wait until the experimental step out of the room and return. If the child succeeds in resisting temptation, they will be rewarded with a second treat. It is said that only a third of children are able to wait for the second treat for up to 15 minutes. So what does this imply? You see, this test is constructed to see if a person has the ability to control their immediate impulse and whether they have the willpower to resist temptation and be able to practice what we call delay gratification. Wikipedia describes delayed gratification as the resistance to the temptation of an immediate pleasure in hope of obtaining a valuable and long-lasting reward set in the future. Dear friends, we all live in a very fast-paced world today 
and often we will get what we want, most of the time quick and fast, so we hardly have to wait. But sometimes if we are not aware, we may be led to believe that waiting is not an option, or we may have grown so accustomed to get what we want right away so we can feel better and feel good, that we lose this self-awareness and when this happens, we can subtly sink into the habit of seeking self-pleasure without realizing that we have become so reliant on indulging on our wants and desires that perhaps we have lost sight of what we really need. Dear friends, which areas of life do you think you need more self-control? Now, because the context of self-control is so wide and varied, I will not be able to cover the broad spectrums of issues relating to the lack of self-control, but see my next example as a metaphor and try to draw parallels to your own personal situation and see if it makes sense. Say, someone with a sweet tooth might have an urge to eat a donut a day. While we all know that an apple a day keeps the doctor away, not a donut a day. But then why do some people find it hard to practice what is more healthy? Our head may tell us one thing, and our heart tells us another. Now which do we follow? Neuroscience findings explain that sugar induces a short-term feeling of reward and makes us feel happy because it increases the action of a neurotransmitter called dopamine. Now, science aside, let's see this from a more metaphorical perspective. See sugar as an object or something that sets you up to feel better, to feel good, yet only for a temporal moment. For some, it can be shopping. While shopping can make us feel better by buying the things we like and enjoy, but if we're not aware and choose to use this as a means to help us feel better whenever we feel down, feel empty, and this means it's a way to feel the void in us, it can subtly lead us to feel impulsive or even compulsive when it comes to shopping. But it's hard to stop because this is something we want, because what we want helps us feel better. For others, it can be stress eating when you're feeling stressed up at home or at work. You tend to eat more beyond what your body truly needs. And this can in turn lead to weight issues which affect our self-confidence of our body image and self-image. But it's also hard to stop because the habit has been so ingrained in us and also because it has become the only way that we learn to help us feel better. This is the same for drinking or other unhelpful habits that drives us into a relentless cycle of seeking a short-term relief that we know isn't enough to help us resolve the challenges we face in reality. Dear friends, I know we all want to feel better whenever we get through something difficult. But perhaps is there some area in our life that we have unknowingly developed unhealthy habits of coping as a means to help us gain control? This is the reason I titled this podcast episode as self-control is more than being in control. 
because sometimes it requires us to learn to let go of control. By this I mean to say, to let go of some of the ways that we have learned to help us gain control whenever we enter into a state of chaos. This requires us to be able to enter into situations of unfamiliarity. This also means to give ourselves that permission to enter into the unknown. To learn to brace ourselves when we get through a difficult challenge in life. And open ourselves up to new possibilities of learning new skills to resolve the problems we face in reality. For some, I know self-control requires us to be more patient in learning to wait and practice delayed gratification. Yes, we can learn to be more disciplined and stay committed to form new and helpful habits. But I also believe that self-control is more than being dogmatic and forcefully restrain or deprive ourselves of something important to us without a deep reflection and understanding of what is actually driving our urges and wants that manifest as patterns of response, behaviours and habits that has been unhelpful for our growth. Dear friends, there is beauty in simplicity. We may have more than what we need, but sometimes, if we feel that it's never enough, we'll never be able to find contentment, a personal contentment deeply seated within us. When we're not able to find contentment, this can drives us to this unsettling state of mind that sets us running as if on a treadmill that never stops. It can be relentless. We may lose our wealth if we keep spending on what we don't need. We may lose our health if we don't learn how to take care of ourselves well, to eat right, to look after our mental and emotional well-being. This is why I think to round up this episode with a very good definition from American Psychological Association on self-control. It explains that it is the ability to be in command of our behaviour. As again, to be in command of our behaviour, to be able to restrain and inhibit our impulses, so in short, we become less impulsive. But the crux of this is the last part. It is the ability to opt for long-term outcome instead of deciding our actions or responses based on the short-term gain. Let's say again, it is the ability to opt for the long-term outcome instead of deciding our actions and responses based on short-term gain. This means to say that it requires us to look at the long-term benefits of some of the things that we are doing in our lives that may not reap that short-term gain, that short-term relief of feeling better, because we are looking at a much further vision of what will become of us. We're looking at the vision of what we will become and that will move us through perhaps a season of hardship and perhaps even suffering for some. But even in soul, there's growth, there's learning, there's humility to embrace what the challenges in our life is doing to us. If we maintain tenacity and openness to want to see ourselves through difficult moments, I believe this is the pathway to truly master what self-control is. Have you heard about the story of a grasshopper and the end? 
it's a very familiar childhood story about how in the middle of summer a grasshopper is lying in the field enjoying sunshine singing and playing his fiddle and he notices an ant scurrying through the field carrying a ear of corn the grasshopper wanted to chat for a while and calls out to the ant what are you doing come and talk to me for a while the ant shakes his head i'm sorry i can't i'm too busy i have to gather food for the winter the grasshopper laughed at the ant said, Wow, the winter is ages away, it's still middle of summer, there's plenty of food. Come and talk to me. But the ant refused and continues to work hard. So the story goes, I think you know, as winter comes, there's no food around anymore and the grasshopper is hungry with nothing to eat and seek refuge at the ant's residence. This is a simple story. I think we all know what the moral of the story is if it's told to a child, but as an adult, as we listen to this, it has deep meaning as well. How would you relate to this story? If you're honest enough, are you able to reflect and relate to some parallels you can find of the things that you're seeking out for short-term gain or the troubles or hardship you're trying to avoid or escape and not able to see the long-term goal of what is ahead of you. What would that be like if you were to make some change? What will it be like if you can exercise self-control to make a transformational change in your life, in your journey, in your situation, that you no longer have to run away or hide away from your challenges instead of seeking the little things that you enjoy and find relief you are now learning to take charge and be in command of the situation you are in to be fully in control dear friends i hope this podcast is a reminder and also an encouragement for you i do hope that through what i share it can bring some enlightenment to you on your personal journey to see the reason for change, the reason to exercise self-control that makes it more meaningful and purposeful. Before I move you into the suggestions and tips section, I'd like to share this quote from the ancient proverb. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Suppose we see the city as ourselves, precious, important, and worthy. We will do whatever it takes to protect the city, which is who we are. We will look after our body, our emotions, our well-being. To do so, we need to take charge of our thoughts, our desires, our words, and actions. And we need to love ourselves in order to love others, in order to enjoy this life we so choose to love with a fresh new perspective. Not everything that seems good in the moment is beneficial for us in the long run. So let's learn to set our eyes on what really matters. And for some, we may be losing more than we think over the short run, over some of the short term gains. Now let's move to the tips and suggestions section where I'll share some useful handles you can use to build up your self-control. 
Dear friends, there are four C's I'd like to introduce to you today to help you to gain mastery of better self-control. The first C is control. What are some areas in your life you feel that you are losing control over? For example, your emotions, your temper, you feel agitated easily, you lose patience easily and you want to be more in control of that. For some others, it could be you need to be more in control of your spending habits, your eating habits, your drinking habits. So what are some areas in your life you feel that you need to be more in control of? Are you getting awareness of that? Number two, after you know what are the areas you need to be more in control of, then what are you conscious about the short-term gains that you reap out of some of the negative habits or responses you have? I'd like for you to be honest with yourself as you are conscious about what the short-term benefit for some. When I speak up loud and aggressively, I get what I want, but the negative impact is that it breaks relationship. For some, if you are overeating, you think that this is a habit that you have and it's a negative impact on your weight, it leads you to feel negative about yourself. Are you conscious of what you are doing that have helped you feel better as a short-term relief, a short-term gain? Yet there are negative impacts. So let's be conscious about what are the things that we do to try to be in control of and what are the negative habits we have. And next up, the third C is change. For change to happen, we need to have a vision. We need to see the long-term benefits of what are we doing this change for? Why am I changing? What am I changing for? For some, for example, if let's say like I want to really work on building up a better self-image. Some want to work on the way I eat. I want to choose to eat healthy because it helps me to feel more energized and productive at work. So that's a good direction to have a long-term a vision, a long-term outcome of why that change is important. And number four is to commit. What are you willing to commit to make this change happen as a result of your awareness? I'd like you to journal or let's put some bullet points to chart some of the things that you think you can do in the month ahead of you for around 30 days. What would you do? You know, What would you commit to do differently on a daily basis? Or on a weekly basis to see that change that you want to see. To sum up the 4C again, to be mindful of what do you need to be more in control of, for some what do you need to let go more of. Second is to be conscious about the short-term relief, the feel-good factor that you have benefited, but to acknowledge that this is only short-term and it has some negative impacts or even repercussion. Third, the change that you hope to see in you, recognizing the long-term benefits and the positive rewards that comes behind. And number four, your commitment plan, your action plan to want to make that change, what are the things they are willing to do? Well, this wraps up the episode on self-control. We are left with a season finale coming soon on self-love. Do stay tuned to our podcast and I hope you have enjoyed it so far. 
do remember to like, subscribe and share this podcast channel with your friends. And a quick note of disclaimer before we end. The views, expressions and suggestions brought up in this episode are meant for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to nor should it serve as a substitute for medical advice rendered to you by your therapist, doctor or other healthcare professionals. When in doubt, always seek the advice from your individual therapist, doctor or qualified healthcare professionals with the questions or concerns you would have in regards to the particular situation, challenges or conditions you may be facing that you came to be aware of while listening to this episode. Well, that's all for this episode. Do take care, stay well, and I will see you in the next episode of Journey Life Together.